Hey there, and welcome to the Praying Christian Women podcast, where our goal is to equip you with the tools you need to ditch the prayer guilt, grow in your relationship with God, and pray like you and nobody else. Stay tuned for our latest episode after this quick word from our sponsor. Do you want to go deeper in your faith even while you're on the go? No matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com. Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. I'm Jamie Hampton, and I'm really excited to bring Brittany Ann back on the podcast. She's a friend of of our podcast. She's uh, just someone who's given us all kinds of great information about our own conference that we had last year. She really helped us to get that set up and started. And today we get to talk with her about her newest book um, and also about her upcoming conference that she's going to be putting on called Call to Act. Um, in just a few days. So Brittany, thanks for coming back on the podcast and talking with us today. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to get to talk with you again. Yeah, I know you were just one of the people we got so much feedback on. You spoke at our conference, um, I guess it was over a year ago in April about spiritual warfare. It was, it was from your book, uh, fall, fall in love with God's word. There was a whole chapter on spiritual warfare and we had asked you to come and talk about it. And we got so much great feedback about that, but I'm even more excited maybe to talk about this next book. It's just so relevant. And I just, in looking through it, I just, I feel like it's just got so much for our listeners to get out of it. I think it's just going to be a great book. So congratulations on publishing that book too. Well, thank you. I feel like you're supposed to write a book about just one thing, like one topic, but every time that I sit down to write a book, I'm like, oh, but they also need to know this and they need to know this. So I really just love to jam pack as much helpful, practical encouragement into every book as possible, just to bless people and help them out because this Christianity thing um, is an adventure and it's not always easy, but it's so worth it. So anything that I can do to help. Well, I feel like your first book was was Fall in Love with God's Word, which is just very foundational about the importance of scripture. And then this one just seems like a very likely follow-up, follow God's mm-hmm. will. It's like, okay, you got the foundation. Now what? What do we do with it? And I love that. But before we get into it, I would love to ask you, we love to ask all of our guests on the podcast, what is your favorite prayer closet these days? Where do you like to go to pray? Honestly, I don't have one specific place where I have set aside to go off to. I am in a very busy season right now where I have a lot going on with this book coming out and this conference coming up really soon. So for me, it has been just praying all day long, anytime, wherever I am, anytime that I think about it. Um, As soon as I wake up in the morning, before I even get out of bed, I'm thinking, okay, what does my day hold? And God, like how, like, what do I even ask for today? Where do I even begin? I love the idea of having a place to go to and I've had seasons of life where I've done that, but in this season, it's just like everywhere and all the time and all the prayer that I can get. I love that though. I feel like that is, there's definitely a time for just the sweet leisurely prayer time in your prayer closet, but there's just something really special about that intense. Like I need you, God, 
nothing's going to happen today without you. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's good. I think that's really good. And to have that flexibility to be able to just pray anywhere is important, I think. And I'm hearing more and more people give that answer. I don't know if we're just getting busier, but I just feel like more and more people that I ask are just like, I don't have one right now. It's everywhere. And I, I can totally relate to that. Yeah, I've had seasons. Um, I've had times, especially a couple of years ago during the pandemic, where I would literally just walk. This is probably the answer I gave last time, where I would just walk out my front door barefoot and like literally just walk around the neighborhood Mm -hmm. just to have that time um, when you're home with kids during quarantine and all of the things. So just to be able to walk out the door and get away, get out and look at the sky and the trees and to see nature and to talk to God. And that was really special. Um, But even in the season right now, like I haven't been able to do that as much. So it's just praying all the time. Time whenever and wherever I can. It is. Now, what is it? Because I have that same thing. I, I remember there was a time that was really hard for me. My mom had just been diagnosed with dementia and it was just, a, and I was far away and I couldn't be there with her. And I just felt mo- the most pressure that I had up until that point in my life. And I just took my shoes off and walked in the grass mm-hmm. and I had to do that. And I don't know, what do you think that is? Is that, do you just enjoy walking barefoot? Or yes, do you feel connected to God in some way? Cause I felt like I was more connected to God somehow. I don't know why. I think there's a whole science behind it. And I don't even, I haven't even researched. I don't even necessarily want to research and get into like all of it, <laughs> right. but I just know like as human beings, like we were not originally created to wear shoes and be on tile and carpet and all right. of the things all the day. So as much as I can get outside and take my shoes off and just like walk in the grass or walk on concrete, I don't even care. Like just to get outside off of the screens. I feel like sometimes I just need that in my life. I think that's great. I think, I think I'm going to start doing that again because there's something important about that. So do you walk around your neighborhood? Do you have a sidewalk or do you walk on the pavement? Or yeah, whatever? we do have a sidewalk. Um, I would walk on the pavement. I have before, but yeah, we purposely, um, bought this house because it has a sidewalk and we have small children and our old house didn't oh, have yeah. sidewalks. So that was just not fun. So we live in an area where our kids can bike ride and we can take walks and we have a puppy and we can do all of the things. So yeah, I love, I don't get outside nearly as much as I would like to, um, but I love to do that when I can. That's great. Well, let's get into your book. So your newest book is follow God's will. And I know that just from a lot of the questions we get, just the questions that I have day to day, and Alana and I have had conversations about it on the podcast too, just one of the biggest challenges in prayer is recognizing God's voice from all of the other voices. And I just want to know what your take is on what advice do you have on that? Like, how do you, how do you take that first step of hearing from God and how do you know what's him? That is a great question and a great place to start because we need to realize that God does speak to us still all of the time today to all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, Yes, he spoke to people in maybe an audible voice or a burning bush or, you know, all of the really miraculous ways a long time ago, Um, but he still speaks to us today. But most often in my experience and in the experience of most people that I've talked to, God's voice usually sounds just like your own voice in your head, but just a little bit different. Um, And it's really easy to miss because God doesn't, sometimes he does, but he doesn't often come with like these big, loud, booming voices or thunder and lightning or huge signs. Like, yes, sometimes he gives that, but so often it's just this quiet, gentle whisper. It's a stirring in your soul, or it, again, it just sounds like your own thoughts or your own ideas in your head. And you don't even realize like, Hey, maybe that's actually God 
God speaking to me. Maybe that's not just my own voice. Maybe it's not just a random thought. Maybe that actually is the prompting of the Holy Spirit. So I think one of the most difficult things to do when you're first starting out is to figure out, is this God's voice or is it not God's voice? Um, because when you hear things in your head, you know, you have your own voice and you know, you, you talk to yourself throughout the day when you say, oh, does this shirt look good on me? Or what should I make for dinner? And like, we have these running conversations with ourselves in our head all the time, but then God speaks to us in that same way. And then we also have the enemy who can also speak to us in that same way as well. The Bible tells us that Satan doesn't read our mind. He's not omniscient, but he can absolutely speak into our lives. So we really have to be very careful of the thoughts that are in our mind that we recognize there's three different places that they can come from. And we really have to distinguish between the difference. So one of the best places to start, honestly, is just to slow down and quiet down a little bit, because like Mm -hmm. I said, God's voice can be so quiet and so subtle that it's very easy to miss if you're not paying attention. So just slowing down and paying attention. What are the thoughts in your head? What are the things all around you? Like, what are you thinking? What is, you know, what's going on? So that's the first thing that honestly is so simple, but can be so difficult. It's just to slow down and to pay attention to the the thoughts inside of your head. Um, The second thing that I would really encourage women to do is to pray and ask God to speak to them. I know this is a prayer that I have said myself so many times that God, would you please speak loudly and clearly, whether I'm asking him to speak to me loudly and clearly, or I'm asking for somebody else, like if we're in a stressful or complex situation. I will absolutely pray. God, would you please speak to them loudly and clearly? Will you speak to me? Like help both of us make the wise decision here. I'm so praying because God, you know, he doesn't speak to us so that we ignore him. He wants us to hear him. He wants to have these conversations with him. And I have found that over the years as I have uh, practiced, because it is a skill that you have to develop. It takes time and you practice. But the more that I practiced hearing God's voice, it's just so beautiful that I get to talk to the God of the universe at any time. He knows everything. He has every resource at his disposal. He is like all goodness and wisdom and infinite goodness. And I can talk to him at any time and I can get wisdom and encouragement and insight. And I need that um, in order for me to be the wife that I want to be and to be the mom that I want to be and to do the job at work or in my community, whatever it is that I want to do, even to function on a day-to-day basis. I'm like, God, I need your wisdom. I have so many things and they matter to me and I want to do them well. So just praying, God, please speak. Speak to me loudly and clearly and slowing down to listen. Um, Also, I would add is to make sure that you're in God's word regularly, which Mm -hmm. is why we started with my first book that I had come out a couple of years ago, Fall in Love with God's Word, because God, the first and primary and the biggest way he speaks to us is through his word. If you say, oh, you know, is God speaking to me? Well, yeah, he wrote you an entire book. Like there's this really big book and it's full of wisdom and encouragement and insight and so much goodness there for you. And so often we just don't even take the time to read it, but when we're in God's word, then we can hear him speaking to us. And that's one of the primary ways that we hear him and that we get to know his character. So then when we, when we do feel things in our spirit, we have a better sense of, is this from God? Does this line up with God's character? Is this something that he would say? So for example, the Bible tells us there is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Well, if I hear something in my spirit that is shaming or condemning. I know that that's not from God because that's not God's character. That's not how or who God is. So just the more familiarity that we can have with who God is through his word, through time spent with him, through slowing down. Um, it's a skill. It's kind of like when we used to all have telephones before caller ID and somebody would call you and you would answer the phone. And as soon as they said, hello, you know who it is. Even without caller ID, we didn't need it back then because you would recognize people's voices. Even today, like if my husband calls me, like I would recognize it from the ringtone because he has a special ringtone. Um, but even if I didn't have that, like if I answer 
answer the phone, like I would know his voice. I've heard it. I've talked to him. Um, we've had conversations. I know him. And it's the same thing with God. It's definitely a skill um, that can be a little tricky when you're first getting started, but it's so beautiful and so worth it to develop. It is. And I tend to be an impatient person and mm-hmm. I want everything now. And it's, it's pretty common, I think, in kind of our instantaneous gratification society of you click, you, you know, mm-hmm. have these uh, you know, quick little Instagram reels and, you know, basically all these things are just in like quick little snippets. And we kind of feel like, well, I want answers now, or I want to know what God's saying now. And the truth is it takes an investment and it does take time. And we might not always get it right. Even after we've practiced for many years, hearing God's voice, like it's just, it's, it's a relationship that needs investment. And that's something I continually have to tell myself you can't just ignore God for, mm. you know, months and then expect to all of a sudden just get an answer, like, like, you know, getting a piece of candy out of a vending machine, you know, that's yeah. just not, not really the way it works. Not that you should feel guilty. Cause I also fall into that category of, Oh, mm. I haven't prayed a lot lately. So why would God listen to me or, or give me any insight or wisdom into this situation? And that's not true either, but in terms of like hearing God regularly, like if we truly want to understand more of who he is and what he wants for us, it does take time and investment. And I have to keep reminding myself that, that even during those times when I don't immediately need an answer for him, or I'm not desperate to hear something from him, I need to be cultivating that hearing and that, mm-hmm. you know, just by investing in, in reading the Bible and just being still with him. Cause it's so hard to be still, but yeah. it's, like you said, it's really worth that intentionality to build that relationship. Yeah. And we have to be careful that we don't turn our relationship with God into, like you said, a vending machine, or we see him as this like genie or wish granter yeah. that I go to God when I need something. If I, I mean, what kind of relationship would that be? If you had someone realize you only go to them when you need something, when you can get something out of it, that's not the kind of, I mean, that that's not the kind of relationship God wants with us, but I don't think that's also the kind of relationship that any of us want with him either. We mm-hmm. should. And I think most of us do want this beautiful relationship where we can talk and know and be known. Um, and there's just so much to it. So you really just shortchange yourself. If you're only seeing God as the giant wish maker in the sky or a vending machine or something, rather than getting to know who he is and what he values and to have that relationship with him, it just takes it to a whole nother level. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you talk in your book about three common myths about God's will. Can you talk about those? Absolutely. So I think this is where a lot of people get thrown off track, because if you think of God's will the wrong way, then you're looking for the wrong thing. And you might not notice um, when God's will is right in front of you because you're looking for something different. So the three myths that I talk about specifically in the book are first, that God only has one will for your whole entire life. Second, that God's will always involves a big decision. Or third, that God's will is always super spiritual, difficult, or weird. Now, to be (laughs) fair, there are times when God's will for your life might be kind of weird. If you think about Joshua and the battle of Jericho, God said, march around the city seven times. That doesn't make sense from a human perspective. So yes, there are times we see examples in the Bible, and I'm sure we could think and come up with examples in our own life where God might ask us to do things that don't make sense from a human perspective because he's God and he has information that we don't know. I tell this to my kids all the time when they question the decisions that I make. I'm like, you know what? I'm a mother and I know things that you don't know. And there's Mm -hmm. reasons that I make the decisions that I make and you may not agree with them and that's fine. 
fine, but you don't have all of the information and you don't always get to make every decision. Like I'm the mom. And sometimes I just make the decision that I think is best based on the information that I have that you don't have. And I think it's the same thing with God as well. He, yes, oftentimes has a one big will for our life as we often think about, you know, does God want me to be a missionary or does God want me to be a teacher or does God want me to be an auto mechanic or whatever it is? There may be one big thing that God wants you to do, but also there's little things that God wants you to do. God's will for your life is going to look different when you're 10 than when you're 20, than when you're 40, than when you're 80, because God's not just going to use like a narrow portion of your working years for like, this is the one thing and your whole rest of your life goes to waste. Like God gave you however many years he's going to give you, hopefully a lot. Um, and he's going to use them and he can use all of us in different ways all throughout our lives. So God does have one big overarching will for all of us. And this is, um, kind of where I start the book, follow God's will is that Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 22, verses 37 through 40, um, Jesus says, love the Lord, your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So whatever it is that God asks you to do, it doesn't matter if it's like this big career that he's calling you to, if he's calling you to be a mother or he's calling you to bring it a soup for dinner to your neighbor next door, whatever it is, um, it all is going to come back to loving God and loving others. And then it's just a matter of figuring out, okay, how do I find what God is calling me specifically to do? So we all are supposed to love each other. We're all supposed to love God. We're all supposed to love others. Um, but how do I figure out what God wants me to do personally? How do I figure out what God wants me to do on a random Tuesday? How do I figure out what does God want me to do in this or that specific situation? And that was really the question that I wanted to help address with this book, Follow God's Will. Not that I would give everybody the answers because it's going to look different for everyone. God made us all beautifully and wonderfully unique. Um, but the book really walks you through this framework, which we can go over as well. Um, but this framework of, okay, how do we figure out what God wants me specifically to do either in general or right now in a specific situation that I'm facing. Yeah, I love that. And I mean, if you want to go into that, are you, you know, sure, we would love to hear that. That's, that's really important. Yeah. So we have a chapter in the book all about how do you figure out what God wants you to do personally? So first we talked about God wants you to love Jesus, love God, love others. That's pretty foundational. But from there, what do you do? So if you are someone who says, you know, I have no idea what God wants me to do. Like, I don't know in general, like what career I should have, or if I should have kids, if it's a big decision, or even if it's a smaller decision and you're trying to figure out, okay, is it God's will that I would take this job or that job, or should I have a job at all? Maybe I should stay home with the kids. Or is it God's will that I, um, speak to this person, like this stranger that I don't know, and I should share the gospel with them? Or is it God's will that I would sign up for this volunteer opportunity or that volunteer opportunity? So if you are someone who are like, okay, I know I'm going to follow God's will. I have no idea where to even start. So the first thing is to kind of figure out what things God has gifted you with. What are your unique talents, gifts, and abilities? So God gave us all good things. The Bible tells us all good things come from God. So all of the things that you are good at are because God made you good at them. You didn't just randomly show up in this world and, hey, you're really good at accounting or, hey, you're really good at writing encouraging letters or, hey, you're really good with babies. You, everything that you're good at is because God created you to be good at that. He gave you that skill and ability. And hopefully over the time you've honed it and you've practiced, you know, there's a human element as well. We have to use our gifts 
wisely and steward them well and practice. Um, but everything that you have been given in terms of gifts and abilities are because God gave them to you. So I would start there. What things are you naturally really good at? If you, like I mentioned earlier, are really good at accounting, how can you use that to the glory of God? So it doesn't have to be a matter of like, there's not this list out there where you're like, okay, here are five different callings. Let me go pick the one like missionary pastor, like it's going to work for me. Rather, it's how can I use the gifts that I have to serve the kingdom? How can I fill a need with the exact gifts that I have? Um, this could be your abilities. It could also be resources that you have. If you are someone who has been blessed with more money than you personally need, um, Perhaps God has given you extra so that you can give your extra to others. Maybe you're someone who says, hey, I don't have any money left over. Like we are broke. Okay, well, how are you doing on time? Do you have time left over? If you are someone who has extra time, that's a gift from God. How will you steward that? Can you sign up for things? Can you volunteer? Can you help other people? If you are someone who says, I have no time, like there is no time, there is nothing left. Okay, what do you have? Do you have extra vegetables in your garden? Maybe you love gardening and you have more than you can need then you can use yourself. Okay. Can you donate them to your church? Even like to set them outside and say, Hey, here's free vegetables. And maybe that's going to be a blessing too. There's another mom who doesn't know how she's going to feed her family this week. And you bringing those vegetables, like that's such a little thing, but that's the beauty of God's will for our lives is that he uses all these little things. Um, because you have a skill, you have ability, you have a resource and someone else has a need. And it's really, it's just a matter of matching up. What can you do? What do you have that other people might also need? It doesn't have to be big. It doesn't have to be weird or spiritual. It can be, Hey, I'm really good at this. And there's a need. Um, that is honestly how I got started figuring out God's will for my life. I never ever had an idea that I would be an author or a conference host or any of these things. It literally started because I was in church one Sunday and they got up on the stage and they said, Hey, we need somebody who can teach Sunday school. And I said, Oh, I could teach them. Like I could do that. I could teach some low third graders Sunday school. I didn't have any like big, huge, thunderous, booming voice from God. Like this is your, my will for your life. It was just, Hey, here's a need. And I could do that. Sure. Um, and because I did that. And because I also had another experience where I was teaching um, inner city kids on a Wednesday night church, I was like, you know what? I really love teaching. Like I could do this. So I switched to my major. And I went into teaching and I thought I was going to be a teacher. And then I ended up getting pregnant and having babies and I was home. And I was like, okay, I am home. I cannot be a teacher right now. I can't do these. Like I have a lot of limitations. There's things I cannot do, but what can I do? And I found out, oh, you could start a blog. Like that's a thing. People do that. They start blogs. And I was like, oh, I'm not doing anything during nap time. Anyways, I had time back then that I don't have today. And I was like, oh, I have this nap time. I'm not doing anything. I could start a blog. I could encourage moms. And it really just started with there. I didn't come in with this big plan. I think so often we have this idea that we have to have this big plan and have it all mapped out. We need to know exactly where we're going in the five-step plan to get there. And really for me and a lot of people I've talked to, it's really just what opportunities are right in front of you. Um, how can you make a difference where, where you are today? If it's Wednesday, if it's Thursday, what can you do today? So I would say, start with your gifts and abilities. What are you good at? Um, also your interests. What things do you love? Um, serving God does, again, doesn't have to be super spiritual or weird. It could be like, Hey, you really like to do this thing. How can you do that in a way that serves others? Um, also just looking at the opportunities all around you, look in your church bulletin, look at when your kid's school sends out the newsletter and they have opportunities. Uh, maybe they just recently said, Hey, this family needs somebody to help them take their child to school in the mornings. And you're like, Oh, I could do that. I have an extra seat in my car and we live close. Like we could take this, this, um, extra child to school. Like, why not? 
we could do that. And I think for me, it really is just a matter of looking all around you because there's so many opportunities all around you every day. Um, and if you don't know what they are, Google them, literally Google volunteer opportunities in my city. Um, there's so many opportunities and we don't always know what the, what the end game is going to be, where we're going to end up, but it really is just trying things. Um, all of the things that I'm doing right now, I didn't know they were an option 10 years ago. Like I never would have picked them. I didn't know, but instead it's just, you try what's right in front of you. And when you walk through the first door, then God opens the next door. He doesn't always give you the whole five-year plan. It's, Hey, here's what's right in front of you. Um, are you going to be obedient in what you have right here? Are you going to volunteer for this small thing? Are you going to, um, steward what I've given you? Well, if you do that well, then we'll give you more and then we'll give you more. Um, but it doesn't start with the whole big picture in mind. It really is just, what can you do with where you are right where you're at right now? That's so good. We're kind of in that mindset right now. Our oldest is going to be a junior in high school and he's really struggling with what do I do? And he, he kind of has this idea that he needs to have his whole future planned out because, mm -hmm. you know, he's looking at colleges, he's got a lot of wide interests and, you know, some talents that he's kind of realized that he has and, but he just, he's kind of like, Hmm, what do I do? And that's, we kind of keep telling him like, just do what is right in front of you, the next, the next step. And then those other doors will open. Like you don't have all the information to make the big picture decision yet, because God's still working on revealing those to you. So that's really good advice. And just personally in, in our own lives, not to feel like a, that we're limited to this one big, huge thing. We might be actually taking the scenic route to get to an ultimate ministry or job or goal or whatever it is that God has for us, or it could be many different things along the way or simultaneously, you know, I think we do sometimes think I need to find God's plan with a capital P for me. Mm -hmm. And there's all this pressure to come up with the one thing that he has for you when I think the P is little and it's plural because we've got lots of different steps along the way. And just what you said about what can I do right now with the things that are in front of me and the talents that I already have. And, and that's so powerful. And, yeah. and freeing at the same time, I think, because it, it takes the pressure off of us to have to make this huge decision when, when we just need to kind of look to God for the hints of the, that next foot in front of the other. We just wanted to take a quick break to share about a sponsor of today's episode, Faithful Counseling. Let's face it, life can be hard. It's so important to show up for yourself and your loved ones through all of the struggles life can bring. One way you can do this is by checking in regularly with a Christian therapist. We know not everyone has the time or the money for in-person therapy, but thanks to faithful counseling, Christian therapy can be accessible to anyone. You can speak to your counselor by video, phone, or text. Scheduling is so easy and financial aid is available. I recently started using faithful counseling myself, and I admit I had never been to a therapist, and I was kind of nervous about the process, but I was shocked at how easy it was to get started, how convenient it is to communicate with my counselor, and how easy she is to talk to. We would love for you to find out for yourself how beneficial Christian counseling can be, so our sponsor, Faithful Counseling, is offering you 10% off your first month when you use our special link at faithfulcounseling.com slash praying.
Yeah. And I know so many people like you're, you just mentioned a minute ago, your son was choosing a college. I know so many people who went to college for one thing and then they're not working in that field. They're doing something else. And even for me, like I could have gone to school for business. I never would have picked business. I could have gone and gotten a communications degree. I could have done, I didn't even do a professional writing degree. Like these things would have been helpful, but I have a teaching degree and I, seeing the big picture now with what I'm doing and what the things that I want to do in the future. I don't know that I would have picked a teaching degree because it doesn't make sense like in a linear path to get there, but I'm so glad that I have it because I absolutely use my teaching degree in what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I'm not a teacher. I'm not a classroom teacher like I thought I would be, but I absolutely use so much of what I learned in my, I used to tease that it was a degree in coloring. I don't mean this offensive to anybody else, but I'm like, literally like it's elementary education degree. Like we colored, we did a lot of addition and subtraction. And so like, it doesn't make sense in a one-to-one thing, but I've learned looking back, I learned so much in terms of how to write good questions and how to teach people things um, that I absolutely use. So I think sometimes there's a scenic route and sometimes it's like, no, God says, I'm going to give you these other unique skills and you're going to bring something unique to the table because you're not going to get there the same way that all of these other people did. You're going to come in with a different route with all of these different skills that maybe other people don't have. And then also sometimes it's just a matter of character development. Maybe it's just mm-hmm. not time yet. Maybe you're not ready. Maybe you still need to worry about obeying. Uh, Maybe you haven't proven yourself faithful in the little things. Maybe you're not doing a great job of obeying the things God has already told you to do. Um, I don't know if there's anyone listening right now who's like, you know, I really want God to tell me this, but I still am holding out in this other area. If you're holding out in other areas and you are telling God, like, I will not obey you in this other thing. Why would he give you something else? You have already proven like you're not going to listen. So I think it's just having this heart posture of, you know, God, I want to listen. I want to know your will. I'm going to take time. I'm going to listen. Whatever you tell me, it might be hard. It might be scary. It might take me a minute to get there, but I'm going to obey. I'm going to trust that your way is right. Um, And to not worry that God's going to give you. I think a lot of people worry that, oh, if I surrender to God and his will for my life, he's going to make me do something again. Like we talked about those myths, super hard or weird or scary. He's going to call me to be a missionary in some other, other overseas language and um, location, but God doesn't do that. Like he gave you the skills that you have and the interests that you have so that he could use you to do those things. It wouldn't make sense for God to call you in one area and equip you in a totally different area. Um, So I just think that's something people worry about a lot that you really don't need to. He's going to use you the way that he has equipped you. And I think that's just beautiful that he makes us all different. And there's so many different things that need to be done. And he makes them, makes us all uniquely designed so that we can fill all of these different roles, whatever that looks like. Yeah. And I think sometimes we'll look at someone else and say, I want to do that important thing that person's doing, or, you know, why can't I be like this or do this? And, um, and I think that that prevents us from appreciating our unique skill set and what the creative ways that God wants to use us. You know, I think that's another way that we get derailed sometimes is by just, you know, not just being afraid of discovering what God wants, but wanting, and you touched on this earlier, just like wanting to do something that's maybe not, maybe, maybe what we, this idea of what we want, isn't the same as what God wants. So just taking the time and kind of reflecting on who you are and, and asking God what he wants is, you know, something sometimes without plowing ahead. I think I sometimes tend to plow ahead and Mm. slowing down, I think is better. 
Yeah. And you can pray to God. Um, and you can ask God to say, um, God, what do you want from me? Like, please mm-hmm. show me what you want. God, please draw my heart in alignment with yours. Help me to want the things that you want. Help me to love people the way that you love people. Help me to hold my plans loosely. Help me to be yes. strong and courageous and bold in whatever you have called me to. Help me to obey you even when it's really hard. Because sometimes it is. Christianity is not easy, um, but it is always worth it. So God knows we're not perfect. Um I am a perfectionist. I try so hard to be perfect. Uh, this is well-documented. I am <laughs> definitely a perfectionist. Um, and I will happily like try so hard to like get all my decks in a row and everything perfect. Um, but God knows we're not perfect. We're human. If he wanted to make something happen, he created the entire universe in six days. Like he can make it. He doesn't need us. Um, he invites us. He partners with us. He offers us the opportunity to be a part of his big and beautiful plan not because he needs what we offer. Like it's all from him anyways. It's all his skills and resources and abilities. Like it's all from him. He doesn't need us. And he definitely doesn't need us to be perfect. And he knows we're not perfect. We're going to mess it up and that's okay. Um, He invites us to partner with him both because we're going to help other people and that's good, but also because it's going to shape us and our character in this process. As we learn to listen, as we learn to obey, as we learn to get in his word and draw closer to him and to just all of these good things, um, that when we serve others, it's not just helping the less fortunate. It's really helping us as well. Yeah. Oh, that's so good because I think, sometimes that's even more important than the end product or the end result is the process and the journey. And that's, that's important to keep in mind too. What I really thought was interesting too, though, that I wanted to ask you before we wrap things up is what would you say to the person that feels a specific calling that they feel pretty sure of, but they don't have support of the people around them? Like, is there a time when you question your own hearing from God and say, well, these people are saying that this probably isn't a good idea. Should I listen to them or should I really stand on what I think God's calling me to? And how do we, how do we navigate that? Oh, absolutely. That's a great question. So the first thing that you need to know is that God's will for your life is God's will for your life. It is his dream that he gave to you. He may or may not have given it to everybody else. And I think that this is something that I have come across and a lot of people come across where I, um, tend to be such a big dreamer and I want to do all of the things. And I get really excited and I'm like, oh, I could do this and I could do this and I could do that and I could do this. Um, So in some instances, there are times when friends and family have been like, do you really need to do all of the things? And I'm like, well, okay, maybe not all of them, but like how many can I get away with? What percent is okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like, and then let's add a little bit more. Cause I just want to like, I get excited. Like following God's will is amazing. And like, it's, I just have seen so many amazing things. I'm like, I want to be a part of this. I want to do things. I want like, yes, I can do all the things. So first of all, I think it's normal. Um, I think that God gives us dreams and he gets us excited about things and he gets us passionate about things so that we can then be a light to other people. So for example, I um, have a friend who is really into essential oils. I am not somebody who is naturally super passionate about essential oils, but seeing her being like, wow, this is something that's made such a big difference in my life. And she like uses them and she's really excited about them. And she talks about them all the time. Like these are really helpful for me, not in a like sleazy marketing kind of way where she's like trying to push things, but she's like, Hey, I genuinely use these. I genuinely find them very helpful. And I want to share this with other people that has made me more interested just because I see 
that in her life. And I hope that I also do the same thing with others. When I get really excited about talking about God's will, or I get really excited about the things that I'm passionate about. Um, someday I want to be a foster mom. Like that is not something that my entire family is like, yes, let's just go get lots more children. But I'm like, you know what? This is something that God has placed on my heart for so long. Um, but it's not something that I can do on my own. Like I can't by myself just be a thought like that's going to affect my entire family. So I would say first is to get excited yourself and to know that it's okay to be excited. God made us all different. And just because other people aren't excited doesn't mean that you shouldn't be excited. Like God needs people to be excited. So if God has made you excited, like be excited. Um, that is okay. Like you can go and you can be excited to the best. Like that's step one, go be excited. Um, read what you can do what you can. Second is to consider the impact that it would have on those around you. Um, so having conversations, like I said, like someday I would love to be a foster mom, but that's going to affect my family. So having conversations, like they haven't said no, but they're just like, this is a big ask. And I'm like, I know, but like, it'd be fun. We should do it. Um, so having conversations, like, Hey, what would this mean? What would this look like? What is a reasonable amount? Um, especially with the people that is going to affect, uh, what would this look like? How could we do this? Maybe you don't jump in wholeheartedly right on day one. Maybe you don't like sign up and jump in and do all of the things. Maybe you just try it on a smaller scale. So, you know, I am not in a season, honestly, we're not in a season right now where we're going to go bring on a bunch of extra kids in our family. We have three kids. Um, they take up enough of my time. Like I don't have the extra time right now for like, we're just not in that season. Um, okay. So I can't do that. What can I do? So getting excited, figuring out how can I be excited in this in a way that is still respectful of my family. Um, but then thirdly, you can also pray. And this is a big thing as well. And I think really good advice is a big prayer that you can say is God, if this is your will for my life, then please help me to be excited. God, if this is your will for my life, then please help the people around me to get excited too. God, please put it on their heart because this isn't something that we can do all on our own. Like if, especially if it's something that, you know, is going to affect the people around you, like God, this is something that's going to affect my entire family. If this is your, like, if it's not his will, then by all means, like, let's all not get excited about it. But God, if this is your will, then please show us how this is going to work. Help us to work together and please put it on their heart too. And I mean, if anybody can change somebody's heart, it's God. I don't think it's our responsibility to try to manipulate people or to try to um, insist on we must have our own way or we better do this or we better not do that. Like if something is God's will for your life, then you can trust him that he's going to open the doors to help it happen. Mm -hmm. If he wants it to be done, then that's what he wants to do. Like he wants this also. So you can just pray, God, if this is your will for my life, please open doors. Please help those around me to either get excited or at least be on board enough so that we can move forward um, and help us all to be respectful of each other and our concerns and our opinions. Um, because just because something is God's will for your life, doesn't mean it's God's will for your life right now, or it's God's will for your life in that way. So maybe he put this exciting thing on your heart because you're really passionate about this cause. And maybe you do want to move to Africa and go take care of elephants and like do, you know, whatever it is that you're really excited about. And maybe God's like, yeah, I put this on your heart, but not so you can uproot your family and move there tomorrow. Maybe it's so you can get involved in a different way. So I think just praying for discernment to say, you know, if this is your will, please open doors, please help me to see how I should get involved in a way that is honoring my family. Um, because God's not going to call you to marriage problems. He's not going to call you to abandon um, 
things you've already committed to, if you have already committed to your husband, if you have already committed to your children, if you have a job, if you have volunteer opportunities and other things that you are doing, God's not going to ask you to do something that is unreasonable for you to do. He's not going to ask you to do something and then not give you the resources that you need to do it. So it's really a matter of praying and discerning like God, if this is your will, please open doors, please give me the resources, please move other people's hearts to get on board. And then I think it's just a matter of doing what you can and then waiting patiently and continuing to pray. God, if this is your will, please keep it moving. And if it's not, I will wait patiently and I will figure out how we do this in a different way that will honor my family a little bit more. But if it's something where, you know, like this is God's will for your life. For example, um, like the example of being a Christian at all, maybe you come from a family where no one in your family is Christian, you know, like you are to be a Christian. So Jesus tells us in the Bible, in Luke chapter 14, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife Mm. and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And here we know he's not literally talking about hating your family, but basically he's using an exaggeration to make the point of God needs to be more important to us than anything else. So much more important to us than anything else that it would seem that we hate others in comparison Mm -hmm. that yes, we love our family, but we love God so much more. So if you're in a situation where, you know, like God is calling you to be a Christian and your family is not supportive. Yeah. There may be times where you are just going to have to stand strong and stand up for what you believe, even when it's difficult. Mm -hmm. And that is sad and it's unfortunate. Um, but that is a part of life. There will be times where you just have to stand strong, like, and not agree to sin and not do things that, you know, are wrong or to refuse to do things that, you know, are not God's will for your life. But I think there really has to be a balance between honoring the commitments that you already have, um, because God's not going to call you to do something that you cannot reasonably do. Um, he's not going to call you to do something and call your husband to do something opposite. Like that wouldn't even make sense that he would tell you to do one thing and your husband to do a different thing. Like that is a situation where you're going to need to pray. And you're both like, if you and your husband are both believers that you would both pray and you would both seek guidance and you would come to some kind of understanding. Um, cause I think God's going to honor that. He doesn't want us to have terrible relationships, but then there are also times, especially where it relates to sin, where if your family is pressuring you to do things or to not do things, and you know, it would be sinful for you to not obey. Then yeah, there will be times where you might just have to stand strong, even when it's not easy. Well, we are coming up on the end of our time together. Um, I just wanted you to, can you just briefly talk about the called to act conference coming up September 12th or 13th? Yes, absolutely. Yes. So we are hosting a free three day online conference, September 13th through 15th. It is called the called to act conference. And it is all on the theme of discovering and boldly living out God's will for for your life. So we have some amazing speakers. We have best-selling authors. We have well-known pastors. We have seminary professors, um, a lot of authors, podcasters. We have a lot of just really great speakers who are all coming together to share some of their best wisdom and advice on how to find God's will for your life, how to live it out boldly, um, how to study the Bible and understand what it says a little bit more accurately, how to have these challenging conversations with others when we're trying to follow God's will. And it's not always easy. Um, so I I have already listened to all of the sessions because we're putting the conference together and it is just, it's going to be so phenomenal. So again, it's a free conference. I definitely want to encourage anybody to sign up for that through um, Jamie's link, which I'm sure you will put in the show notes. Um, I will. Yes. It's prayingchristianwomen.com slash 
called to act all one word. So yeah, but we'll put it in the notes. So you'll definitely want to hop on over to that link or check out the show notes before September 12th so that you can get signed up. Um, Very simple. You sign up. It's all online. We will email you the links each day to watch all of the sessions. Um, I will be live broadcasting. So it'll be fun. We'll have giveaways and all kinds of things during the conference, make a whole event out of it. Um, And so this call to act conference is basically the start of the launch and the kickoff of my new book then that's coming out in October, which we've talked about a little already, which is follow God's will, biblical guidelines for everyday life, all about answering the question, what would God want me to do in this situation? Whether God's will for my life in the big things or God's will for my life in the little things. Um, So we have a lot coming up really soon. I'm really excited about. Um, So thank you for asking. Yeah. And where can our listeners connect with you on social media and online? Absolutely. So my website is equippinggodlywomen.com. Um, my email list is honestly the best way. I'm always sending out encouragement and practical advice and um, free resources and all kinds of things. So if you're an email person, that is my love language. Um, but I'm on social on all the places at Equipping Godly Women as well. Okay. Well, that is great, Brittany. Thank you so much for being here. And I can't wait for the conference next week myself. And um, I've already gotten a sneak peek of your book. So I'm excited for that too, though. But how can we pray for you? We're going to close in prayer. Let us know how we can be praying for you this week. Well, thank you. I think the biggest thing that I would love prayer for right now, um, honestly, is just that this conference and book launch would go well, because I know it is such an important message that I'm so passionate about. And I want to get it in front of as many women as possible so that I think so often we fall into the trap of just going through the day-to-day and we get busy and we're busy with laundry and taking care of the puppy and taking care of the kids and the kids need poster board and what's for dinner. And it's just so easy to get so busy and to miss out on all that God has for us. And I firmly believe that Christianity should be um, this exciting adventure where we get to know God and partner with him. And he has something special for all of us. And I don't want to miss out and I don't want other people to miss out. And I just feel like this conference and this book are going to be such an incredible resource for women as they are seeking to determine for themselves. Um, what is God's will for my life? What does he want me to do right now? Like what is a wise decision? Um, so just that it would get in front of as many people as possible um, with this message. All right. Well, we will definitely pray for that. So let's pray. God, we just thank you so much for this time with Brittany. Thank you for the passion that you've given her to point women to your word, to point women to truth, and just to equip women with tools to help them determine your will for them in the big things and in the small things. We just lift up this conference coming up next week. And we pray that, uh, in the time actually between we're recording and and when the conference comes to pass that you would just give Brittany all of the things that she needs to get through preparation and planning. I just, I thank you for the giftings that you've given her just of organization and administration, just being behind the scenes as um, an affiliate for this conference. I just have seen the ways that you've given her um, just tools to really do this with excellence. And we just continue to pray that you would give her everything that she needs to get there and to get this in front of as many women as possible. We pray that even right now you would be preparing women to hear about the conference, that you would open doors that the enemy might want to leave closed for women to hear about it. Just open them wide, God, and get rid of any barriers um, for women to hear about this conference and about Brittany's new book. We just pray that both of these things would be incredible opportunities for um, growth, for spiritual growth, for these women, for education, 
and, um, and even that salvations would come from this conference and, and from this book, God, we just pray that women would be saved. We pray that women's lives would be changed. We pray that stagnant lives would, would just be renewed with life, um, just, and, and stagnant prayer lives and relationships with you would be infused with power and energy and that there would be revival as a result of these, um, of these tools that Brittany is getting out into the world. We pray you would be glorified above and beyond anything else, God, that your kingdom would be glorified, that it would grow and that, that you would just be um, the source of all of these things that Brittany would know that you were with her every step of the way, that these women who participate would just see you magnified and glorified in every bit of it in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of the Praying Christian Women podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so please leave us a comment to let us know what questions or topics we can address in future shows. Then hop over to prayingchristianwomen.com journal to download your free prayer guide. We're so glad you joined us for today's show, and we wish you God's deepest blessings as you draw closer to Him and change the world one prayer at a time.